Cash Call back again for another week. Brian Curtis, Dale Archdeacon, with amazing, never before heard nuggets of sales scripting gold. Right, Brian? You know, I, I'm going to have to talk to you in the green room because you keep setting us up to have a really, really high standard. <laughs> Not that we, I feel like we make it most of the time, but I think maybe sometimes you're setting us up to, uh, you know, under promise, over deliver. Isn't that something somebody said once? All right, let's redo that opening. Hey, everybody, it's Dale Archdeacon <laughs> and Brian Curtis back with some marginal uh, uh, marginal training tips for you that you've probably heard everywhere else 500 times but still aren't doing. Is that better? That was fabulous, Dale. So um, Dale and I thought in the green room we would talk about tone and how that affects what we're saying. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so we missed everybody last week. I was uh, at a real estate conference that shall not be named, um, learning a lots of amazing thing, things and making great contacts. And uh, Brian was sunning himself on a beach somewhere, I guess. I, that, that's not true, but OK, we'll go with that. <laughs> so. Well, you look a you look a shade darker maybe today. Is that uh, you know, it's just that Colorado sun. You go out in the Colorado sun and it just uh, it melts you. So. Nice. That's excellent. So I've got a call here and um, it's, you know, we try, I feel like we try to usually not play ones that are too long because I know it can get, you know, it doesn't move the thing along, but I, I, I want the crowd to hear this. And, you know, a lot of times, especially when, uh, as a, as a salesperson, you can kind of do an okay job and things work out all right for you. Or even as a sales manager, you're listening to it and you're like, oh my God, what the hell is going on? But somehow they're getting okay results or they got an okay result. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think that that's just a lot of times comes from laziness. You know what I mean? And so I want to play this for everybody so that we can hear it um, and talk about how we can improve this. Before you hit go, um, just go ahead and make sure the chat's enabled. There we go. Panelists, everyone and everyone. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. For some reason, Zoom has not fixed their nonsense. All right, everybody, chat in if you can hear us. Chat in if you can if you can chat. We'll do that. How about that? We haven't seen a chat yet. Okay. Well, yeah, there, there we go. go. Terry's there. Awesome. Megan stands good. All right, good. I can hear you all. Excellent. All right. So let me play this call real quick. I'll speed it up or slow it down. Um, but I want you I want you guys to hear what we hear. Share sound. Well, I'm currently just looking right now. I'm not really looking into buying at any time soon, but I am interested in different programs we have. Uh, you're, so you're interested in finding out... Uh, Let me slow that down a little bit. Uh, the guy, <laughs> the lead's hard to understand. It's muffled and he has a bit of an accent. Well, I'm currently just looking right now. I'm not really looking into buying at any time soon, but I am interested in different programs we may have. So you said, I'm just looking right now. I'm not interested in buying anytime soon. I'm just looking at different programs you may have. Programs a lot of times tends to be a trigger word for I don't have money. Um, Brian, I don't know that. Yeah, that's... No, I think the same thing. Like there's this, I kept hearing this when I, especially when I was first selling real estate. Is there any first time home buyer programs? What I found out really, really quickly, there really isn't in, unless you have a very specific state first time home buyer program. But for the most part, there really wasn't a lot of special programs out there. So I would follow that question up with, oh, oh perfect. What kind of special program are you looking for? Like, I want to know what these guys are talking about. Like, they expected me to pay their down payment for them, make their monthly. I mean, I've heard of crazy deals like that. I haven't seen them, but I've heard of crazy stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, I would say that, you know, um, I'm no, I'm no uh, uh, statistician, but I would say probably 80% of the times that people ask about a program, it means that they have no money or bad credit and they know it. 20% of the time they don't know that they can afford to purchase or they're nervous about it or they think that it's going to be more expensive than it really is. Yep. Um, so I, I'd say that, you know, that 80-20 rule, I feel like kind of applies. What do you think, Brian? Agree, and here's one of the things that I feel like a lot of agents don't do enough discovery. Um, so, like, I've literally had somebody tell me, "Well, I'm waiting to save twenty percent down." Right. And they're like, "Well, of course you have to have twenty percent down, right?" I'm like, "Well, if I could get you a house today without twenty percent down, would you be interested?" Oh yeah. So you know, we make this assumption that people actually understand how buying a house works, and a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. So I think it's important to do good discovery and education. Yep. Uh, you're, so you're interested in finding out uh, about the different loan programs? Is that what you're saying? Like, for, are you a first-time homebuyer? Yes. Okay. Nice, nice. Um, real quick, Angel. So you said you're just currently looking, right? I'm making sure that I notate it correctly. Um, is there a specific time frame in mind that you're uh, anticipating when you're going to make that move? Or, like, what, uh, what do you think? So I don't think he's doing too bad here. You know, I know the guy said he wasn't going to be buying anytime soon. He asked for a time frame. I feel like he, he this this agent or he's an agent. He just needs more practice so that he can sound more confident. He sounds a little bit nervous asking his questions. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I was telling, I was doing, we do role play on Wednesdays, and I was talking about that with my team this morning. When you say things, say things extremely confident. And somebody says, well, I don't want to come across as arrogant. So here's the difference between arrogant and confidence. Arrogance is, to me, saying a whole bunch of stuff you don't know without 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 knowing what the heck you're talking about. That's arrogant. I'm just going to say stuff I'm really important. If you know what you're talking about, that's just confidence. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. You know, um, So be confident. You know, Hey, Bob, uh, Angel's name. Hey, Angel. You know, so I understand that you're not looking right now. Out of curiosity, what is your time frame? That's all. And, you know, you can also fix a lot of stuff with tone. Uh, what, what I'm saying here, yeah, what, what, we're, what, I, what we're hearing here is this guy's kind of dancing around with his words and his little cutoff sounds and kind of uh, a little apologetic when he doesn't need to be. And so I could say, uh, so, Brian, do you have a particular time frame you're thinking? I'm just using the tone of my voice to soften up the words that I'm using, but I don't have extra sounds or words in there that sound like I don't know what I'm saying or asking. And you can also use speed. You can slow down a little bit. So, yep. Brian, do you have a particular time frame you're thinking of? All I did is I slowed it down to where it sounded like I was thinking about what I was going to ask you. Right. And so for those of you who are going, well, when do I slow down? When do I speed up? What, you know, what's the appropriate thing here? As you slow down, it creates an empathetic tone just by the nature of it. So, you know, out of curiosity, Bob, da, 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 da. And it's, it, it creates, it just creates a different feeling of empathy. So I would say this, and this is kind of an aside, when you're handling objections, don't go quickly. Too many yeah. people go too quickly when they handle objections, and what that means to them is like, oh, this person's not listening to me. They're not empathetic. They don't understand me. They're just trying to run me over. So right. slowing down is always a powerful thing to do. Now, again, you want to pay attention to the other person. You don't want to talk half of their speed because then you'll blow or pour out the door. But, but yeah, slowing down sometimes is great. Yeah.
probably the next two years or so, or depending on the market is good. He said uh, probably the next two years or so, or depending on what the market does. That was the lead's answer to the time frame question. Okay. The next couple of years, okay, or depending on uh, like market. So just let me ask you this, since you know I have you on the line. Uh, what is your ideal market situation for you? Like, what do you what? So that was a really good question. He doesn't need to apologize for it with a "Let me ask you this while I have you on the phone." He didn't need to do that. Oh, got it. So in a couple of years or depending on the market. So what would a good market situation look like to you? That was a great question. He just doesn't need the, the buffer stuff in there. Yeah. And I think that, you know, full disclosure, this is an agent that's in our training with one of our trainers. And so that's the reason he has a great question there. It takes practice to be able to deliver this stuff because I recognize our training and what he's doing. But it's just because he has the knowledge doesn't mean that he has the muscle memory, so to speak, to execute it. And so that's why you're hearing the rough kind of the buffering of trying to remember the training and get it in there. That's why practice is so important. Well, and here's to Dale's point. I'm going to just piggyback on that. Like when I was in a class that uh, was taught by one of the major brokerages where they would have people, we put 150, 200 people in a class at a time and they would all call the same people, right? And if you were the third, fourth, fifth person to talk to that person, you usually got screamed at. And, you know, you, you got to, you got to learn some, uh, next type muscles, like next, 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 because right. you were going to get yelled at. And, and, you know, I don't love that part of, that's not the important part of the story, but here's the, the important part of this story. I can give you the perfect words to say, but if you deliver them incorrectly, you might as well say the wrong thing. One of my mentors said to me when I first got in sales, and this wasn't real estate sales, but he said, Brian, you can say anything you want with a smile. Now we're talking about in person. And again, you can say almost anything you want if you say it with the right tone, with the right speed, with the right... and that is almost as important as the scripts. So those two things go together, they marry, and that makes the perfect conversation. So here's the thing that somebody said to me today, and I think it's brilliant. I'm gonna. I want to. I want to list. I want to record these scripts and listen to them. I, I love that. I was so yeah. excited when I heard somebody say that. And so all of you who are watching, record yourself. And by the way, I'll save you this 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 surprise. If it's going to be a surprise to you, you're not going to like your voice. Get over that <laughs> part and then listen to your tone, your speed, your volume, or empathy, and listen to the, some of the phone calls you make because you're going to say really dumb things, and that's okay. But you're not even going to be aware of it. Yeah. Man, I couldn't stand the sound of my voice for a really good years, you know, but now at this point, uh, like um, I, I'm over it. So it does happen. I'm not just a narcissist. I, I have listened to my sound of my voice enough that I've gotten over it. Listen to the sound uh, of my voice. Listen to the sound of my voice. All right, let's see where this guy goes. What do you envision working out for you that will allow you to make that move so I could better understand? Well, um... Area-wise, I don't mind as long as I get a, a home. Uh, uh -huh. But maybe that payment-wise, that mortgage payment, there'll be uh, that thing, the highest, like, what we'll be able to pay will be uh, 1800 Uh-huh. So I'm going to speed it up a little bit here. So he said he wants his mortgage payment to be 1800 The agent figures out, okay, great, what are you paying right now? And Randy's paying 1600 uh, for a four bedroom, but he's in San Diego. So cool. the likelihood of finding a four bedroom in San Diego for $1,800 a month, not going to happen. Right. 
Um, so what I want to fast forward to is the way that the agent, once he finds that out, I feel like he kind of flubs the ball a little bit um, in, in how he sets up the next conversation with the person. You, you mostly the, the mortgage payments? Like, yeah, surrounding bills. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What do you, are you renting right now, currently? Yeah. What's, uh, just out of curiosity, like, what, what's your rent like? What, how's that looking? It's uh, 1600 for a four-bedroom apartment. 1600 and you said how, how many bedroom? Uh, oh, okay, awesome. Uh now you can tell this is where the agent's disengaged. He's like, oh shit, this is dead in the water. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I guess it sounded like you want to stay, if, if possible, stay within kind of in that range or a little bit higher uh, yeah. for your mortgage, ideally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't oh, worry. Oh shit! That's what I just heard. Hey, uh, Angel. Yeah, precisely. Okay. Now, so I don't know if this, if he got, if he was at, like, he was on the way to something. This was a bad time when the call came in, or whatever it is. So the agent's going to exit on this, but I want you to, I want everybody to listen to the way that he exits, and then Brian and I are going to help improve it. Well, if you don't mind, would it be, would it be good to call you back a little bit later um, this afternoon, so that way we could maybe. I can get more details from you and just kind of see what I could do to help you game plan and strategize. Does that sound like something of value to you? Like Game plan and strategize, super vague, doesn't sound super helpful. Why are we ending the conversation now and why do we need to talk later? So those are the all the things that came up for me when I listened to that, that exit. What about you, Brian? the same boat i mean it feels like i really don't want to talk to you i just did some quick math as i was doing this so 1800 just pi per principal and interest at six and a half percent is 285 is what you can afford i'm pretty sure you can't buy uh a, a lot in san diego for 285 no let in alone fact, a, a homeless you know, shelter depending on what corner you put it up in would be more expensive actually yeah so, I mean, San Diego is a ridiculously high-end market, and uh, I'm, I, I, you know, I understand why he's giving up, but I will say this, don't give up. You're on the call. Just right. stick with it. But I, I get it. I understand the disappointment because he's going, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, how on earth am I renting a $1,600 a month four-bedroom house in San Diego? Like, what's that place look like? Um, what's the neighborhood look like? And honestly, uh, if, if it's a decent house, you should stay there. And I, I'm a real estate agent who believes people should buy houses. But if you can live in San Diego in a decent place for $1,600 a month, you should stay there. because yeah. you. And then you should go buy an investment property and rent that out. Because seriously, $1,600 a month, and that's probably in San Diego for the most part, maybe a one-bedroom. Yeah. And so here's what I would, uh, what my advice for this guy is finish out the conversation, problem solve with the guy. Hey, what's the most you can afford? You know, uh, do you need four bedrooms? What neighborhoods do you need to be in? Like problem solve it on this call. If you can to figure out whether this guy is a legit lead or is not a legit lead, but don't kick the can down the road for another conversation that isn't going to benefit either of you. I completely agree. So, you know, and here's the thing, maybe we help this guy and maybe he has somebody who, you know, he can refer to us. 
I yeah, mean, that's something absolutely. that happens. You know, if you're going to prejudge people, you're going to lose, you're going to miss some people. So, and again, I've been there, you know, my number wasn't 1800, but you know, when I'm, when I was selling actively, someone goes, yeah, I'm looking for $600 a month. I'm like, all right, I just wasted my time, but right. You know, they got to live someplace. So they're either going to rent something or they're going to buy something. And, uh, you know, I, it, who knows, just, uh, just keep work them all. And that's how, you know, you didn't miss any. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what about your call, Brian? What do you got for us today? What do we get? What's the magic we're going to hear here today? It's some interesting stuff in the middle. And Dale, what I'd like you to go over, because I think this is something that we can talk about a lot, is the, the, the scripts and the step process. And I know we've probably gone over it 10 times, but there's a, there's a, in, do you have an agent conversation in the middle of this? And oh, so I think nice. we want to go over that again. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and play that. There's some other opportunities here as well, but uh, that's the one that really just kind of stuck out to me. So I fast forwarded for the first minute of the, or 12 seconds. So pass the person's name. So anyway, here we go. Can I help you? Yes, ma'am. My wife and I were wanting to see if we could get uh, to look at a house in Bella okay. Vista. Okay. Uh, what is the address? Um, e, what's it, 11? I think it's 11. Uh, Penny? I don't know how you pronounce it. Penny, Penny or what? Yeah. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I will say this, this agent could have avoided the majority of this conversation by doing a better intro script. Hey, this is Brian with Curtis Realty Group. Zillow connected us. They said you were interested in 11 Panine. I just wondered if you'd like to make an appointment to see that this afternoon. Yeah, exactly. That would have saved this whole kind of goofy thing that's going on. Um, you know what I'm thinking? I'm sorry. You know least. what I'm thinking, Brian, is what does your Arkansas team think of you, the Yankee, with no accent when you try to coach them on what they should say, are they like, yeah, right. He don't really know how it works around here. So for the record, this buyer is not from Arkansas. Okay. Where, yeah. where is this? A Mississippi or Louisiana. He says it during okay. the conversation. So, All right. Okay. Yeah, Arkansas, Ar I will say full disclosure, people from Arkansas do have an accent, but it's not quite this thick. As not that one. Okay. Yeah. So, but you're, you're right. I had to, I had to learn to say things like y'all and fixing. So, uh, oh man, that's <laughs> gotta hurt when you have to do it, when you have to fake it. Yeah. Rapport, man. That's what it's all about. <laughs> right. You're like, this, okay. this hurts my soul, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I, I fought fixing for years and years and years. And one day I was like, screw it. I'm just trying to make money. You know, like my, my coach said this the other day, he's like, I can be weird or I can be wealthy. And I'm like, I'm with you. Um, you know, I can be cool or I can be wealthy. And I'm like, I don't need to be cool. No one gives a rip anyway. So I'd rather just be wealthy. I'll say the goofy things, do the things that make me money. There you go. All right, here we go. Uh, yes. Are you wanting to see it today? If possible, we're, we're, we're from Louisiana. We're Louisiana. trying to move here and we are looking at home. So okay. uh, we, we go back tomorrow. So we, was hoping okay. to be able to see it today if possible. Yeah, we definitely want to get get you in. Are you working <laughs> with another agent? Here it comes. Um, honestly, I I did have one show me one, but I know he's not available for the rest of the day. Okay. But will you I, be you Will you be using him? Honestly, not sure. Okay. Um. Pause. Let me. It gets worse, but uh, so okay. let's talk about what, what should have happened there because that wasn't the right script. 
Uh, yeah, you know what? Um, generally, we paraphrase. So uh, he said we. What did he say? We saw we saw a property with another agent, but he's not available this afternoon. Okay, um, and I would so we would paraphrase. Oh, you saw a property already with another agent, and we would just yes, wait. I, I would swing up on the end. Yes, you. Okay, got it. Are you committed to that agent? No, they weren't even available this afternoon. Got it. Okay. So honestly, I would let it go because you said no, and I would just keep moving on, and I would book this appointment. And then what I'd probably do is I would close it up at the end, and I'd say, hey, I understand you saw a property with that other agent. Unfortunately, he's not available. I am available. I'm willing to come out, show this property to you. And uh, if we hit it off, if it looks like I can help you achieve your goals, I'd like to be the agent that represents you. Would that be okay with you? So basically, I'm going to close them at the end of it. I agree. And because here's one of the things and you, we'll listen to what what happens here. Well, let's listen to it and we'll talk a little bit more. Uh, but if you're using another agent, you'll have to call him because he'll probably have some kind of showing assistant. No, no, no. Oh, Jesus. A, and sorry, baby Jesus. OK, so listen to what he says. And this is going to reinforce your point. I mean, we haven't signed anything. OK, let me. Um get here on showing time okay, hold knows on. if you're working with him okay. have you signed anything oh, with him hold on. i keep it's not no, going man. back far enough showing assistant listen to what he says have a i'm sorry have a what have a showing assistant possibly mm -hmm. i hate to step on anyone's toes if you're working with him have you signed anything with him no ma'am so so here was my point and this is why i wanted to play some more first of all oh my god showing us a showing assistant is not a thing that is an internal thing that my team has. Maybe Dale's work with people. Nobody who's not a real estate agent knows what a showing assistant is. And they never they, should. Right. Because again, I, if I'm if I'm working with Dale and I'm not available, I'm saying, hey, I got one of my partners. Not yeah. one of my showing partners, not some agent who's below me, not someone who's not as good as me, not some inexperienced agent. One of my partners, an equal because I, I want them to go, oh, well, I, Brian's not available, but at least I'm getting someone who's just as good as him. And Brian, if your you ego won't allow that, then get out of the way. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. I, I think that she was just trying to be overly helpful. Me too. For some reason uh, to the our, com our competitor. <laughs> hey, man, listen, if he left his he left his goods hanging out in the window like this, then we're going to have to. You know, we're going to have to we're going to have to uh, take this piece of business if they haven't signed and he's not committed. Um, Brian, yeah. would you be willing to send me that call for our training library? Because that is a yeah. that is a masterpiece of a of a dumpster fire uh, uh, train wreck. That little thing that just happened right there. And I would love for nobody to ever do that again. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing. And this is probably the irony of of this. This agent's a great agent. So. But what she's doing is what happens with a lot of great agents. So here's here's what I want to say about this agent. And by the way, like I think she closed five deals last month. So this is not somebody who's she doesn't what know what doing. the hell they're doing. But mostly what she's doing is, and I'll say this for all of you who are like, oh, this market's too hard. Mostly she's just really, really aggressive. She follows up. She makes her phone calls. She does those things. And, and who knew that worked, right? So clearly here's here's the best part though she clearly has some opportunities to improve okay. and i think that's the important part of this is like all the people who are struggling with the market right now i hate to say that but just plow forward do the things the next right thing and you'll have some success and then 
get some training for someone like Dale who will teach you how to do that because ultimately so my conversion rate Dale's conversion rate would be slightly higher than this person's currently because of the way she carries that but again close five transactions last month I don't know a lot of agents who closed five transactions last month as an individual right agent. right so, yeah do, do you um is this one of your clients or is this on your team she's this is an agent on my team agent on your team so Maybe what she might have been doing, because I know the really aggressive high sale, the ones that are really good at sales, they have a tendency to disqualify a lot. So it could have been one of those, hey, don't waste my time. They probably have somebody over there to help you because you're probably going to run back to them anyway kind of thing. And then she was like, oh, well, let me see if I can get this. Have you signed anything with them, right? Oh, no. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to move forward. So it might have been one of those disqualifying positions that she was taking in the moment. Would that? Do you think that could be it? Very possibly, because again, someone, and this is something that's interesting, it happens. So this comes back to something, I, again, I heard my coach say the other day. The one thing that allows you to have unbelievable flexibility in your business is lead generation. Oh, yeah. So, because if I have an unlimited, no one has an unlimited, but if I have an unlimited number of leads, I don't have to mess with people who are on the fence. I'll just go get one of those people who are doing great. And I, to your point, I think there's some of that going on. She's got a lot of leads coming in and she's got a lot, a lot of people, active buyers that she's working with. She wants to make sure she's not going to go spend three hours with somebody. And it's a colossal waste of your time. Now there is a point. I don't know where that tipping point is. <laughs> I never reached it. I always wanted more, but, but I will say this to people, don't disqualify somebody and also give yourself credit in person. So I think that's one of the things she's not doing. She's not giving herself enough credit that she can go and convince this guy to work with her. And maybe she's just like, look, I don't, and she said this, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I will say this, this guy's in, in town from Louisiana, which I don't know if he drove or drove or he flew, but if he drove, it's probably a 12 hour drive. The other agent was too busy didn't bother to set him up with anybody else stealing this client is not stealing yeah. this person did a this person deserves to not be sitting there going well i really wish i could see another house i gotta leave tomorrow but my mm -hmm. agent is too busy and again right. that doesn't mean as an agent you can't get too busy but have a backup plan for an out-of-town buyer for crying out loud yeah absolutely um yeah i i think that uh that's something that it, this is like such low hanging fruit. You can go ahead and grab it. And I think that she was disqualifying. And honestly, in all fairness, earlier in my career, I did a lot of that. I was like, I'm not going to waste me my too. time with you. Are you going to buy from me? Are you going to list with me? That kind of stuff. Um, and you know, now having the wisdom, it's like, no dude, you, you need to be face to face with four to five to six people every single week. And you better get out there and get face to face with them. If they can fog a mirror and they sound like they can execute, right? Maybe they got a little bit of hair on them. You need to get out there and meet them and see if you can dust the hair off and make a deal out of it. Amen. And you know, no one ever failed for showing too many houses. No. I mean, with two different clients, I guess somebody could show right. 100 houses to one people, but yeah. nobody, nobody, let me rephrase that. Nobody failed in real estate because they met too, met too many clients in person. That's never happened. Never happened. Never happened. In fact, you know, some people that uh, do really well who meet a whole lot of people, um, you know, you just need to be able, you have to cut them off quickly, right? You meet them, you determine whether they can execute, whether they will execute. You know, and if they're time wasters or they're not serious or they're not motivated, then you don't spend more time with them. Uh, but, you know, by meeting with a lot of people, you find those who may initially not present as somebody who's going to do something. 
So one time I, uh, there's definitely, I have several stories of where I nearly talked myself out of a piece of business that ended up closing, right? I nearly disqualified a piece of business over the phone that ended up closing with me. So, you know, that's to your point, right? You can't err well, on the side of meeting too many new people. My best client of all time, I almost didn't meet. They wanted right. to see a $30,000 foreclosure. And three or four other agents had blown them off. And this is not an exaggeration. I did somewhere in the range of 12 to $15 million with these people over about a four year period. I literally sold every single one of their family, every single one of their kids a house. I sold them six houses. They were an investor. I sold three houses for them. They got divorced and I got to sell all the investment property. I mean, it was the best client I've ever had started out with a $30,000 house and a whole bunch of other agents said, well, this isn't worth my time. Right. And, you know, here's the thing. There is no bad client. There really isn't. And uh, there's just inflexible leaders is what I like to say. And you, know, you got to go out there and figure out how to lead these people. And some people are unleadable. Hey, you know, I don't, I've got, I, I, I lost my job six months ago and don't have a new one. Okay, well, maybe we talk again in another six months. But, yeah. there, you know, we, we pre-qualify way too hard, in my opinion, before. Oh, we yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We are at time. Brian Curtis, Dale Archdeacon. I hope that we have blown your wigs back. Uh, we have expanded your minds uh, and you'll have better conversations with the next people you talk to. All right. I'm going to say one thing before we go. We, we will have a special guest next week that you're going to want to tune in for. Um, a guy named Alex Underwood. Most of my guesses, most of you have not met him before. He's he, he's not a primary real estate guy, but he's, he's using his coaching and training to jump into the real estate space. And I think it's going to be a, an amazing conversation. So I hope everybody joins us next week. Excellent. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.